Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Uh, welcome everyone that is joining from wherever they may be watching from and um, joining us from on Friday Night Live. Uh, alhamdulillah, last week was our first session where we had um, Ustad Ubedullah Evans speaking to us about some of his background and his history and how he went from the streets of Chicago to uh, the university in Egypt of, of, of Al-Azhar and now he's back serving his community. And today we also have some special guests from different parts of the, of the country. Um, again, the, 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 the idea behind the Friday Night Live is, is more so to allow us to see uh, beyond the curtain or behind the curtain of the speaker, the instructor, the scholar, and also to entertain ourselves and engage with, uh, with Islamic poetry, with the Quran, and uh, hopefully just enjoy ourselves and soothe ourselves. And so that's why it's called Friday Night Live. And, you know, it's, of course, I'm sure everyone knows that. Um, it sounds like Saturday, Saturday Night Live and SNL. Um, we, di we, we didn't get the idea from there. Maybe we did. Uh, this is Friday Night Live. So as you're joining, please say assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Tell us where you're coming from. And inshallah, we're going to kick the program off with, with uh, a special guest who we saw in the uh, Ramadan webinar, in the follow-through webinar where we had um, many munshids. And one of them was our brother Mu'ad al-Nas from uh, from Houston, from Texas. Inshallah, he will be joining us today. So please say salam as you join. We have we have him with us, and we also have we're blessed with Imam Mikhail Ahmed Smith from Dallas, from one of the instructors of Qalam, and he he Inshallah also will be giving us um, a short reflection, and, and then we'll dive into a specific topic that we'll be speaking about together. Um, so without any further ado, Inshallah, salam alaikum warahmatullah. How are you? Alhamdulillah. Thank you for having me tonight. Not at all. Well, when you came and when you came in Ramadan, everyone enjoyed it, and you know we had to bring you back. That's it. There was there was no other option. Okay. If there are any special requests from them, then they'll, they'll give it to you. Yeah. percent. How how's your post Ramadan been? How's everything? Alhamdulillah, it was great. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. You're busy in Ramadan, so you got some. Are you are you more relaxed now? You have are you are you have a better easier schedule to cope with? Uh, yeah, yeah. Of course. After Ramadan, it's uh, more relaxed. Relaxed. But still, I'm working full time. Alhamdulillah. Allah make it easy for you. Inshallah, Mu'ad, you 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 um tantalize us and enlighten us with your voice. Uh, inshallah, I'll, I'll be on the sidelines and I'm gonna right when you finish, I'm gonna jump in and whoever if, if we have any requests, we'll share them with you. Inshallah, what are you starting with? Qamarun, uh, everyone know it, and they can send salawat to the Prophet. Inshallah, I'll be singing with you behind the scenes, don't worry. Inshallah, Bismillah, Qamarun, Qamarun, Sidna Nabi, Qamarun, Wajamil, 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 Sidna Nabi, Wajamil, 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 Wajam
حبيبي لو تراه الله الله ضحوك السن للعاشق رماه الله الله كحيل الطرف حبيبي لو تراه الله الله ضحوك السن للعاشق رماه الله الله بهي الطلعة فالمولى اصطفاه بهي الطلعة فالمولى اصطفاه بهي الطلعة فالمولى اصطفاه وكل الخلق أنا ربي Oh, 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 oh,
Takbir. Obviously, we don't have, we can't, you, you, all of us can't say Allahu Akbar and we can't hear each other, but we, we do the virtual takbir. We're the Mubtadi' is the innovator of the virtual takbir. Takbir. I just said, I guess, give him Allahu Akbar, mashallah. Um, see the Mu'ad, that was beautiful, man. Honestly, like it, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, for those, I'm, I, I'm not going to speak. I promised myself and I promised uh, everyone, I'm not going to talk. That's not, I'm not, I'm not here for that. But Qamarun, the idea and the concept behind it is, Reflecting the beauty of the Prophet in comparison to the moon and how Jabir said that I saw the moon then I looked at the Prophet and there was no comparison, right? There's no comparison and that's a in part of that poem you share uh, The Hassan and the Thabit statement of that no I can ever exactly. such beauty and no mother can give birth to such a beautiful child So for those that have heard this nasheed for such a long time, understand that the moon, that, that the Prophet's beauty is not a compared to the moon, but rather the moon takes the beauty of the Prophet. The poet says that a Prophet of Allah, the moon takes the moon takes light from you. So I just want people to know what that whole beautiful nasheed was like, I know I can't translate the whole thing right now, but Sidi Mu'ad, what do we have next? Uh, let's do salawat on the Prophet ﷺ. We can do like uh, the Mahir Zain one, Raqqat Aynayn Shawqan, Assalamu Alaikum Rasulullah, if you would like, or since uh, everyone know it, maybe. Yeah, that's for, someone was someone was requesting, if anyone has any requests, please share them. Of course, you don't have to do the request, trust me. Like, yeah, some, I mean, uh, if someone comes to me and requests a specific talk, I'm like, listen, brother, uh, you're, I'm here, okay, that's good enough. I mean, I don't what, request a specific talk. But the, someone they, request, yeah, khayra mawlud, right? Yeah, khayra mawlud. Okay, uh, you, want, you can start with durud and uh, move forward, inshallah, however, whatever is easier for you. We have about five, ten more minutes, inshallah, and then we'll move forward, okay. inshallah. I will do, ya Nabi, salam alayka, then ya khayra mawlud, inshallah. Ya Nabi, salam Oh 
the virtual takbir, Allahu Akbar. But the Mu'ad, you know, I'll tell you, um, we've heard that nasheed before and it always hits a different spot and it strikes a different chord. But for some reason, um, the uncertainty of going for hajj and the inability of, uh, because of our current situation of not being able to go for umrah, many of us had plans and we couldn't go. And then when you read that nasheed, it just hits a different, it hits a different spot for me personally. That um, you know, I, that I'm not sure when the next time I will una- I will be able to stand in front of the blessed grave of our Habib Sallallahu and say, it really it hits that spot. You know, Ali whenever he would go through struggles, he would go to the grave of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and he would say, وذكرك أنساني جميع المصائب فإن كنت في التراب عني مغيبة فما كنت عن قلب الحزين بغائب right? He would say that whenever the world becomes difficult for me I just come to your grave And when I sit in front of you I think of your struggles and I forget about my struggles Sometimes we're going through a lot And one of the only ways out is thinking about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And visiting the, the blessed resting place of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam We're unable to do that But wallahi وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ مُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَأَنْتَ فِيهِمْ Right, and you just reminded us about that. That the Prophet is still in our heart, and when you read that nasheed, you know that, that's that's the that's a thought that crossed my mind. Zakallah khair, Habibi Muad. I would have you read more. I would ask you. To, I would request you to read more. But we have, um, and we have a guest, Imam Mikhail Smith, all the way from Dallas. I don't want him to wait longer. Uh, he blesses us with his with his presence. But Zakallah khair, trust me. Inshallah, if Allah allows us, and you accept our request in the future, uh, for the crowd, uh, do you guys want to see Brother Muad back? Would you want to see him come back and read a few nasheeds in the future, maybe in another few weeks, right? Uh, I think everyone would agree with me that they would love to have you back. And may Allah bless you with more success, more more, more, more happiness, more joy, more peace. Bless your son. You have a two-year-old. What's his name? His name Sa'ad. Sa'ad. Uh, yes. May Allah bless Sa'ad, inshallah. Uh, make him your eyes and make him like the great Sa'ad ibn Waqqas and Sa'ad ibn Mu'ad. Uh, Inshallah, we'll see you very soon. Thank you for having me. Assalamualaikum. Uh, just moving quickly towards the next part of the session, we have one of our students from our sister organization, um, obviously Mission Islamic Institute, which is our full-time boarding school. Hafiz Nurul Huda, Qari Nurul Huda, who's teaching the Miftah talent class as well. Uh, a lot of your kids are in that class. Inshallah, they're benefiting from it. Uh, Nur, you already recite some Quran for us? Inshallah. Before Ramadan, they were listening to you. I think they want to listen to you a little more. Um, and after that, you'll be back in madrasa. This won't be able to listen. There's no, phones, there's no computers here, so this <laughs> this is this is all you have. So Bismillah, just re, uh, uh, recite inshallah whatever you had in mind. You told me what you were going to recite, and then inshallah we'll move on to the next part. Zakallah khaira. Zakallah khaira. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم 
وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّ جَعَلْ هَذَا الْبَلَدَ آمِنًا رَبِّ جَعَلْ هَذَا الْبَلَدَ آمِنًا وَاجْنُبْنِي وَبَنِيَ أَن نَعْبُدَ الْأَصْنَامِ رَبِّ إِنَّهُنْ أَضْلَلْنَ كَثِيرًا مِنَ النَّاسِ فَمَنْ تَبِعَنِي فَإِنَّهُ مِنِّي وَمَنْ عَصَانِي فَإِنَّكَ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ رَبَّنَا إِنِّي أسكنت من ذريتي بواد غير ذي زرع عند بيتك المحرم ربنا ليقيموا الصلاة ربنا ليقيموا الصلاة فاجعل أفئدة من الناس فجعل أفئدة من الناس تهوي إليهم تهوي إليهم ورزقهم من الثمرات لعلهم يشكرون ربنا إن إنك تعلم ما نخفي وما نعلن وما يخفى على الله من شيء في الأرض ولا في السماء الحمد لله الذي وهب لي على الكبر إسماعيل وإسحاق إن ربي لسميع الدعاء رب جعلني مقيم الصلاة ومن ذريتي ومن ذريتي ربنا وتقبل دعاء ربنا اغفر لي ولوالدي وللمؤمنين يوم يقوم الحساب صدق الله العظيم ما شاء الله ما شاء الله um, تكبير for the beautiful recitation for قائل النور um, of course I'm still one of, our, one of our students here at Michigan Islamic Institute and also teaching uh, in the Miftah talent program um, may Allah bless you. Um, you know, we, we, we also apologize about that glitch. I think once again, StreamYard just closed us and then we started, we had to start again. Um, so I think people are still jumping back into this, um, this one and this link. So, oh, who is that? Who is this? Sheikh <laughs> Abdullah. we can't hear you. You should, you should give me a heads up before you put me on screen because I'm sorry, I'm sorry man. I'm just know I'm not gelled. I got the makeup on. And we are also blessed with Imam Mikhail. Uh, you know, mashallah. Assalamu alaikum to Imam. 
Waalaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you? How are you? Great. Alhamdulillah. It's good to be with you guys. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah khair for joining us. Bajan, um, you know, this is, uh, Imam Mikhail, you want to introduce him quickly? Imam Mikhail, assalamu alaikum, Imam. Wa alaikum salam. How are you doing? Alhamdulillah, how are you doing? I'm very good, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, may Allah reward you for all the great stuff that you're doing, all the early morning adhkar, reminders, and I mean, mashallah, you know, it's just main motivation for us here in Michigan, all the great stuff that you do and Qalam is doing, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue to give you guys strength and acceptance. I mean, I mean. Many, many more years of service to the community in America and across the world. I mean, I mean, ya Rab, I mean. Across the world. Um, Imam Mikhail doesn't need a heavy introduction. He's he's a heavyweight himself. Allah, Allah keep us in shape. Imam Imam Mikhail is um, an instructor, a teacher at Qalam Institute, and graduated from Darul Madaniya. And uh, I don't know if Imam Mikhail, we'll talk about that today. Knows any any goes back. We go back years in the late '90s, back in Buffalo. But we'll pick up on that in a few days. In few inshallah, inshallah. Inshallah. Imam Mikhail is a uh, you know. Anyone that has come in contact with Imam Mikhail from the youth, especially, all love him, inspired by him, and I think he, the 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 greatest value that Qalam has added to their team is Imam Mikhail. Alhamdulillah, and Qalam Institute is doing some great work, you know, groundbreaking um, efforts that they're doing. They just had their recent graduation for the Alamiya program and the other institute program, and we all tuned in for that. And Sheikh Abdul Nasser. Uh, Mufti Hussein, my beloved brother, uh, Muntasir, and Imam Mikhail, and all the sisters and, and brothers, everyone that is there who are doing such great work. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect the institute. And, and all of us, if you anyone has ever benefited from the people and the efforts of Qalab Institute, please make dua for them and support them. Ahlan wa sahlan, welcome Imam Mikhail Smith. Thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure, alhamdulillah. Um, you know, I think we're at a point where we're seeing uh, a, a positive shift in uh, Islamic education, traditional Islamic education uh, in America. Um, and so we have various institutions, um, everyone doing great work, mashallah, uh, really, really struggling to bring accessible knowledge uh, to the entire community, uh, regardless of whatever level of Iman, whatever level of education you're at. Um, I think if you're in America, uh, uh, you know, Canada, uh, and you have access and now, alhamdulillah, it's global. So, but the point is that now the the resources that are being provided online is just phenomenal, man. So we really have to do uh, shukr, uh, be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa taala uh, for giving us these this ability. I mean, as a community, I mean, back, I mean, before I was Muslim, before I was Muslim, you know, brothers in the inner city, they used to be like, man, if we wanted to study Deen, we used to have to go overseas, you know, and everyone wanted to go overseas, everyone had to go overseas. Uh, and slowly, alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, there's been so many institutions, uh, dar ulums and different mahads and educational uh, institutes. And now, mashallah, man, it's just the the fruit are ripe for the picking. You know what I'm saying? It's really a great opportunity now. Um, so if you're a young Muslim in America with Yaqeen Institute, with Miftah, with just various, and I'm not leaving out any names on purpose, it's just for the sake of brevity, but there are so many 
resources now to really learn your deen. Um, and so alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, we have a lot to accept from all of us. I mean, Zakir Khair for joining us, number one. May Allah, I know you're busy, mashallah, with all that's going on in the Qadam. Um, so the plan today is like what we did last week. We'll have our, a short reminder in, in, a, in a reflection from our, our dear guest um, speaker, inshallah. Imam, you know, of course, you're known for many things, but one of the things that everyone enjoys is uh, your topic, your, your lecture, and your book on emotional intelligence, right? Um, so if you can bless us with um, a few words about that, inshallah, and then right after that, we'll jump into a conversation and a discussion for about 20 minutes. Uh, hopefully the, the crowd will enjoy both the, the reminder and, and also the discussion, inshallah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Um, so I just wanted to begin, uh, alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah, about two years ago uh, is when we first published uh, With the Heart in Mind. Uh, Qalam Institute published it. Uh, with the heart in mind, the emotional and moral intelligence of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Um, and so it's been doing very well, mashallah. We've had great international response and locally, nationally as well. As people become, Muslims become more aware of the primacy and the importance of emotional intelligence within uh, a Muslim's life. Um, and so in the next 10 to 15 minutes, I'm just going to give you a brief overview on what EQ is, emotional intelligence. Why is it so important for a Muslim uh, to have emotional intelligence? And and where do we see it in the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? In this next 10 to 15 minutes, there's no way for me to really do justice. Um, I'm hoping when we go to the conversation with the two shuyukh, we'll be able to unpack more of it. Um, but I wanna start this by breaking down what EQ is and why uh, EQ, in my estimation, this is what the book is all about, is such a primal or, or a key element to the emotional, to the intelligence of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I'm going to start actually with a statement of Imam Suha Waradiyu, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, one of our great scholars of the past. Um, he wrote uh, uh, many different books. In one of his books, he writes, um, contemplating on the intelligence of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He says that if anyone, and I'm paraphrasing here just for the sake of time to keep it brief, and I'm hoping we can you know, have some question and answers and go off the uh, comment box. But basically he says that if anyone studies the Prophet Wasallam's management of the people that he was interacting with, if anyone understands and studies how he interacted with them, how he caused change in their lives, deep change, what I call in my book, radical change, actually. Um, if you study that, how he was patient with them, how he dealt with them, how he inspired them, how he did that without any training, how he did all of that without any training. Imam Suhawaradiyu, he basically says, when you study that, how he man managed the Arabs of his time, you will come to the conclusion that the Prophet was the most intelligent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation. Now, this is important because the basic foundational point in my book is that the Prophet is the most intelligent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation. But what that brings to question is how we quantify or qualify uh, what is intelligence, what is true intelligence. And so in the book, I bring up Howard Gardner and others um, who talk about multiple intelligence theory. And I'm going to talk about how, how this is so key to a Muslim's life so everyone can understand this. Um, but he basically talks about how there's many different types of intelligences, right? And so 
it wasn't until, I mean, it wasn't until the 90s that EQ or emotional intelligence became a thing as a, as a word of, of, on its own. But when you study emotional intelligence, and I'll break it down what it is, and then you study the life of the Prophet them and the consequence or the effects that he had, you clearly understand that the emotional intelligence of the Prophet them was far beyond, I mean, I mean, decades, uh, you know, centuries ahead of what would be later discovered in the field of emotional intelligence. And my objective, guys, was this. You know, I'm the type of guy that would go and walk through Barnes and Noble and you find something that you really like in Barnes and Noble. And now you read it, but you have to Islamify it for yourself. Right. You got to read this book. And how does this how do I translate this to my Muslim life? Well, EQ was such a buzzword. It was such a key thing. And I'm like, wait, I want to understand this from the frame of reference of our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the more I uncovered, the more you realize how key it was to the Prophet Sallallahu life. Now, what is EQ? What is EQ? And why should you even be concerned about it? Well, EQ is this, and really simply put, emotional intelligence is your recognition, understanding, your labeling, your expression, and your regulating of emotions within yourself and others. Let me say that one more time. Your recognition your understanding, your labeling, your expression, and your regulating five things of emotion in yourself and in others. And it's using that knowledge to positively influence people and inspire change in other people's other people as well as within yourself. Now, an easy way to remember that those five things is the word ruler. If you just think of the word ruler, recognize, understand, label, express, and regulate. All of those connect to emotion. Now, here's the difficult part. All of those five things have to be done within oneself and within with other people. We call it intrapersonal and interpersonal. You have to do it with other people, but you have to do it with yourself as well. Now, someone may be saying, well, why do I even need to know this? Why is emotional intelligence as a Muslim even important to me? Well, number one is because the Prophet was the most emotionally intelligent. And if you want to follow his sunnah, you have to understand what emotional intelligence is. First thing first. Number two, part of our deen, a huge, huge, huge part of our deen is interaction with other people and what we call akhlaq and dealing with them in the right way. Well, if you're not able, if, if you're not able to recognize, understand, label, express, and regulate emotion, well, you're not going to be able to interact with people as is necessary, right? Why? Because you can't do it within yourself. The Prophet says, La you can't do La don't get angry because you can't recognize anger. You can't label anger. And when you're interacting with other people, you will misunderstand what those people need in their lives at that given time. So let, let me give an example. I'll give a really practical example. Um, you know, you walk in your house from work, okay, and you have a, you know, four or five-year-old child, right, or, or, or your little brother, right? You walk in the house, and today was a horrible day at work. Your coworker was getting on your nerves, your boss too as well, and as you walk in the house, this child, brother, little brother, little cousin, child, your own child, runs up to you with all this joy because they want to, you know, show you their new sight words that they learned or something like that, right? Now, 
what does that child right now, what is the, what is that child looking for from you and need from you at that moment? Well, a lot of things, some things are, they're excited. They want to express and share the moment with you. They want to let you know this is the pinnacle of their day because you're, you're home with them right now. What may be preventing you from interacting with them in the way that they need to be active? Well, number one, you may not recognize what they need. That's a failure in EQ. Number two, you may not be able to regulate, uh, recognize, understand, label, express, and regulate your own emotion. So you literally say to the kid, like, okay, go, go, go. I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. And you just burst the, the bubble of that kid emotionally, right? I'm just giving a small example. When we study the life of the Prophet, we see this profound ability to emotionally understand people on the deepest level, on the deepest, deepest, deepest level. I'm going to give you one example, another example. Um, there, there, was, there, was a, there was a camel in Medina. And once the Prophet was walking past this camel, and this camel was owned by an Ansari Sahabi, and he was using this camel to irrigate the land. Um, as the Prophet walked past with a group of other companions, he he uh, the the camel like let out this like crying sound. This hadith is in Abu Dawood and other books as well. Um, he's like the camel let out this kind of like sound as if it was crying or calling. So the Prophet immediately went over to it and he leaned close to it and he puts his hand on the camel and he he listens to it and then he backs up. He goes, "Where's the owner of this camel at?" And right away the owner comes, you know, the prophet is calling you. He comes, he's like, ya Rasul, I'm here. And he comes and the prophet says, I'm like, sell me this camel. Now, if the prophet asked you to sell you a camel, his get you probably gonna be like, yo, that's for free. And that's what he said. He's like, it's free. It's yours. Take it. Bismillah. You know, but then he goes, uh, but it's the only one we have. Oh, kind of saying like, I want to give it to you. But if I give it to you, I'm going to be broke tomorrow. You know, if I give you my car, I'll be on the bus tomorrow. So the prophet says in a serious Tony says, okay, if you don't want to sell it to me, then understand. This camel has complained to me about you working it too hard. And it's complained to me about your not feeding it enough. And then the Prophet said something really profound. And I want everyone to reflect on this. And hopefully the shuyuk and I, we can discuss this in a minute. He said, fear Allah regarding these animals that cannot express themselves. Now, I'm going to say that one more time. Fear Allah regarding these animals that cannot express or articulate what they're going through. Now, why is this a good example of EQ? Well, I know it's an example of a camel, right? But that is like the highest level of the prophet's emotional intelligence where a tree, he could feel the pain of it. Uh, animals, he could feel their pain, right? I'm talking about EQ with other human beings, but the Prophet Sallallahu level of EQ, and it's not Ba'id, SubhanAllah, you know, go on YouTube and look at like horse whispers or like, you know, people who are connected with their animals. You know what I mean? So you ask someone, you know, how's your dog doing? They're like, well, you know, um, Rocky is not feeling good today. Like, how do you know that? You know, I just see it in his face. Okay, cool. MashaAllah, you got a good connection with your animals. That's great. Okay, the point I'm trying to say is, the Prophet, on many examples, alayhi salatu wasalam, this hadith, let me go to this hadith. Fear Allah regarding those who cannot articulate what they feel. He has placed this burden on us 
to be aware of emotions that can't even be articulated. And I think that's very profound because it's, it's, it's about building an awareness. And the, my book starts with a very important verse of the Quran. What does that translate? Describing the Prophet He is deeply pained by that which causes you pain. Meaning he's cognizant. He's aware of your pain, whether you articulate it or not. And hence he can respond. Why do we need to be aware of other people's emotions? Even if they don't express them. Because people have hukuk. They have rights. Your spouse, your child, your brother, your sister. They have rights. And if you cannot recognize the emotion in yourself, you won't be able to fulfill those rights. Let me give you a more powerful example. And again, brothers and sisters, I mean, my, I, I wrote a, I wrote a whole book on the topic, so I would highly encourage you guys to check it out. Um, please, inshallah, look at it. Inshallah, take a look at it. I'm actually doing a, a live book read of it on Qalam's, uh on a Sunday mornings at 10, 10 o'clock or 1030. Um, it's a free class. So I'm doing that literally going through the whole book with whoever wants to join. Alhamdulillah, we have a lot of students joining us. Alhamdulillah. But the point I'm trying to highlight is that it's a lot of material, so I'm just trying to give you the main crux of it so that I can spark your interest so you can realize how important this is. Look, here's the example. Um, here's a powerful example. This is going to shock you. We all know that Wahshi radiallahu an is the one who killed Hamza radiallahu an. Hamza is the uncle of the Prophet who the Prophet was very close with. Hamza radiallahu an, Wahshi radiallahu ta'ala he later became Muslim. After he became Muslim, the Prophet asked him to do something that he never asked anyone else. He asked him to not live close to him, which is very interesting. Why? What was his reason? He's, he's like, when I see you, I think of the one you killed. And I don't want to negatively like hurt you because of the emotions that that brings in me. Brothers and sisters, that shows how high the prophet's emotional intelligence of himself was. Like, you get what I'm saying? That's heavy. That's heavy. That's heavy. That's pure marifa to nafs. <laughs> That's pure understanding of the self where he's like, please, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I love you. You are good. Inshallah, you'll go to Jannah. You're a Sahabi. But you can't live near me. Why? Why can't I? Because I can't take that. And he's Sayyid al Basha. So the point I'm trying to give you, the point I'm trying to make here is key. It's it's part of our deen. And, and I think we should stop here so that we can open up for a discussion because I think the discussion will be more fruitful, inshallah. So we'll answer some of your questions in the chat box, things like that. But what we need, oh, one more thing though, one more thing, which is very important husband, spouse, father, daughter. Those relationships, emotional intelligence is the key. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, I am the best to my family. The best of you is the best to their family. I'm the best to my family. You can't be the best to your family unless you recognize what will please recognize the emotional state of the person that you're interacting with. And in order to do that, recognize your own state. Um, here's one more thing. Emotionally intelligent people can also be emotionally manipulative. 
which means that they really understand your emotions, but they use it for a bad reason. So this person had a, a sucky day at work. He comes home or she comes home, tastes the food that was made by their spouse. And they're like, oh, this tastes horrible. Now, subhanAllah, the only reason they're doing that is to feel big because their boss made them feel this, this small at work. So now, like this is this is pure emotionally manipulative if they understand, if they understand. Sometimes people are just emotionally ignorant. And here's the key. As we spend more time disconnected and communicating through means which um, don't allow for us to see face to face, emotional in, in, intelligence goes down. So what, what I, the example, what I mean by that is why do we have emoji, emojis when we text? Because emotion is a part of communication. And without that, you really can't feel what the other human being is saying. And so as we communicate more and more through these means of disconnected communication, it becomes more and more important for us to learn how to become more emotionally intelligent. So guys, I think we should open up for a discussion. These are just a few, like literally the tip of the iceberg. There's body language, there's physical touch, there's, there's so many aspects to emotional intelligence and they're all present in the Prophet Can I share one more example, yo? Yeah, yeah, we're enjoying this. Is legit, this is like crazy example. Okay, the hadith. If you just go on turaf.com, you could check out The Prophet was one time sitting in the masjid and no one's there. And the Prophet said, I'm sitting there and a sahabi walks in. The masjid is pretty much empty. The Prophet looks back, he sees him come in and he, and he scoots over. He scoots over, but the masjid's empty. So the Sahabi's like, Ya Rasulullah, like, I'm not that big. Like, there's space in the masjid. There's no need for you to do that. And the Prophet said, no, it is the haq of every Muslim that when, when he sees his Muslim brother or sister, that he at least moves over or moves, makes some body movement for them. Making them feel special. Yeah, subhanAllah. That right there, brothers and sisters, you ever walk into a class late and nobody move or a meeting late and nobody move? You you're kind of so like, uh, should I walk in? And then one person's like, come, come. And you're like, yeah, okay, cool, cool. I'm coming in. So beautiful hadith. Let's just talk about it, inshallah. Imam Zakla Khair, first of all, for the lecture. May Allah bless you for the beautiful lecture. The, the book that you spoke about, you wrote about, we shared it in the link. Everyone, please go check it out. Uh, purchase the book and at the end of the session we're gonna have a special announcement for you for everyone that's watching as well inshallah not a discount so don't get excited but something else inshallah go ahead Vijay. sorry Vijay, go ahead let's start the discussion no, i feel like you know um the, the one of the most interesting of the prophet was he wasn't dealing with four children five children you know he was dealing with a community that just converted to islam you know and they came with their entire baggage right imam mikhail like yeah they came with their entire baggage and to be cognitive of each person's situation, you know, his spouse, his children, new Muslims accepting Islam, and then like sneezing in Salah and talking in Salah, that story, yeah. you know, a Muslim. And with all the Sahaba are looking back at the Sahabi, like he's saying, Yarhamukullah to a person that's sneezing. The Prophet knows how to deal with these complex situations throughout his life. You know, he was very aware of what was going on. It's it's sad that, you know, where uh, has, um, Hassan Baksi Rahimullah says, Mali ara rijalan wala ara uqulan wa asma hasisan wala ara anisan. 
welcoming to this you know youngest person sitting in the room yeah abdullah ibn abbas where milk this story always fascinates me where milk is brought to the prophet sallallahu on his right there's this young boy and on his left or they're leaders of the Muslim, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali. You can say that generals of the Muslim Ummah. Mm. The Ada, the practice of the Prophet is that he'll give the milk to the person on the right side. Start from okay. the right. You He loved the right side serving. So he says, Let me ask this young guy first. I don't want to offend him. Would you allow me to give your right to the people on my left? Like wow. your and he says. <laughs> what you drank from to someone else before myself. Meaning, if I'm worthy of it, I'm taking it. So the Prophet was accommodating his, his emotions. And that, that was what you talk about is very important because we live in a society that while living in the same room, under the same house, we don't even know the feelings of each other. Yes. Oh, she, oh, yes. She's crying. Oh, oh, again. Oh, the drama starts again. Always crying. He's always yelling. He's always yep. the child is good. Sheikh, Sheikh, not. This is beautiful because when you study emotional intelligence, one of the things you're looking for, you're looking how to understand not what's set. Put it this way. You learn to listen to the heart, not to the tongue. What mm -hmm. that means is if someone is saying, I hate you, what are they really saying? Oh, yeah. And so what we fail to do is listen closely with the heart. And when you study the Prophet there are so many examples where someone would say something. And here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. We listen, not with the heart, but with the ear. And then we argue what we heard, even though what we heard isn't really what's being expressed from the heart. Yep. Now, this is very important to understand that as you build emotional intelligence, you learn, remember the rule, the five thing I gave you, which is ruler, which is recognize. Um, what was it? Recognize, understand, understand, label. What is recognize? You need to be able to recognize emotions in people. Can you tell when your brother's upset? Can you tell when your brother's in a good mood? Can you tell when your father's in a great? Of course you can. Understand. Do you know where it's coming from? Do you know where it's coming from? Because that's key too. Because if, if my if my wife is 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 uh you know saying something to me real smart, now I could be like, why are you getting all smart? Or I could be like, where's this coming from? What just happened? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, she don't got a problem with me. It's because of what just happened. So understanding, then labeling. One of the things that's important, I'm gonna show you guys something here that I'm working with, which is called uh the mood meter. It's going to be hard for you to get it. I'll try to focus for you. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Okay. So like if you ask people, how do they feel? You'll notice that many times guys, they don't have the vocab to like explain their feelings. 
And so what I mean by that, hold on one second. Sorry, guys. Yeah. So what I mean by that is someone's like, how are you? Normally, what's the response to how are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm good. We really don't even, it's funny. We really don't ask to really know how people are, nor do we have the vocabulary to label our emotions, label who we are and how we feel at, at any given time. That also, one second, my bad. That also affects our ability to label our own emotions. And then the other one was express. Like emotions aren't meant to be bottled up, but expressed in the right way. Imam Ghazali speaks about this a lot, which is anger is something God gave us on purpose. Allah gave us that. But it's supposed to be expressed in the right way. And that's where you get expression and regulate. So again, but one more thing. But, oh, go, ahead, go ahead, please, please. That's what Umar says. If you, if you don't get angry, you're a donkey. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a beautiful... Beautiful quality to have, but yeah. it's about knowing how to push it and 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 guide it to the right way. Um, and again, it's an awareness with yourself and it's awareness with other people. That now, here's the other thing: if you're a teacher, if you're a scholar, if you're an influencer, if you're an older brother, emotional intelligence is the key to causing change in someone's life. It's the key. If you don't understand a person, you can never change them. Yeah, Imam, that's how I changed Mufti Abdul Wahab. Imam, Sheikh Abdullah is extremely emotionally intelligent. You know, I liberated him. You know, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know part, of the, part of the process also is like, we have also diffused any growth of emotional intelligence, even in our children. Mm. You know, we, we kind of like knocked it out. For example, you have parents pick up their kids from school. How was school? Same question. Mm-hmm. IQ level of the emotional intelligence of a question speaks of this person has no idea how to even make the child express his emotions. Yeah. So how is school? Good. I mean, that's it. How's your day? Same question. How is your food? Same question. Like to be a little creative to ask the child, you know, mm -hmm. did anybody get in suspended today? Mm -hmm. And the child speaks out. Our children don't even know how to communicate with anyone anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, like we literally, we, we, we take away their abilities. So you have the child say, okay, did you get hurt today? Oh, then you have a five-year-old start speaking, Baba, I got a boo-boo. You know, like, yeah. oh, I, I fell in the park. I fell off the swing. I got a little uh, ouchie here. And then yeah. the child starts speaking. If you just ask them how was school, it's like, same old. I hate it. You're going to yeah. get answers like that. So I feel like sometimes it's all responsibility. The Prophet would take out and let the youth, let the people speak, speak their mind. You know, yeah. and imagine people coming to the prophet. Say, I'm a munafiq. Okay, tell me why you're a munafiq. Exactly. Exactly. You know, tell me why you're a munafiq. And then Handula says, you know, when I'm with you, I feel different. You know, uh, you know, as if paradise and hell is mm. visible. And why that? You know, when we go back to our family, our families occupy our mind and just mm -hmm. spirituality. So he's speaking their mind, speaking their mind, and I feel like that's very important. So you, yeah. you said it accurately, accurately, Sheikh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's the key, man. Like when people, uh, and, and you said something really powerful, which was we don't encourage each other to truly express how we feel. Mm -hmm. um, and here's why, though. Here's why. When it comes to emotional intelligence, there's it's it's considered, and I write this in the book, it's called emotional labor. What that means is it's actually difficult to do. Um, it takes practice 
to really hear someone else's pain, to take on the pain of others. And many of us, we choose not to um, emotionally bond with people because that makes us vulnerable. What do I mean by that? Mm -hmm. The moment I allow myself to emotionally be connected to you, you now have the ability to cause pain to my heart. Mm. Because, yep. and but, but, the prophet was troubled by the pain others went through. And that's what led to them being so changed by him. They knew that he truly cared for them individually. Individually. That was his miracle. That individually he understood people. Man, he met someone like 10 years later in Medina from Mecca. The dude's like, you remember me? He's like, yeah, I remember you. I remember where you're from. I remember this. Da, 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 da. He rem and that person's like, wow, that's amazing. And so emotional intelligence requires an emotional investment. And here's the deal. Just invest in the people closest to you. Children, brother, sister, mother, father. Invest in those people. And by emotional investment, people are like, well, what does that mean? Emotional investment. What that means is <laughs> emotional presence with them and mindfulness with them. So you gave an example, child gets in the car, child is at home with you. Are you on your phone while you're talking to them? Do you look them in the eye? Do you hold on to the words that they're saying? Do you, are you present with them? That's the first way you build emotional uh, intelligence is presence with people. And unfortunately we live in a very distracted age where the people who are closest to us get the least of our attention. So, Imam, like, you know, we're, we have to uh, veer off towards other topic about just quick background of where you came from and stuff as well. Uh, for the crowd, on, inshallah, uh, on July July 18th, Imam will be doing a workshop on emotional intelligence for Miftah as well. It's a Saturday, inshallah. Uh, Imam, don't look surprised. You already agreed to it. Okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, yo. I got you. Okay, I got I was, you. I said no. Yo, but, listen. I feel, like, I feel like, Imam, I feel like, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of emotional intelligence has to do with an integ integral concept or, 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 or a innate uh, quality of selflessness, right? You have to be able to kind of invest in someone despite or regardless if that investment will benefit you, but rather thinking that this investment will benefit them. Well, you look very blue, man. What's going on? The lighting is all blue and stuff like that? It's well, like I don't know. The lighting is probably blue, you know? How about now? He's not good. He's good. He's good. He looks... You know, disco, lighting. You know, I mean, like, you know, you know normally my, my camera is the best camera, but today it looks like your camera is a little better, man. <laughs> I'm going to find out where you get the camera from, man. He has a color material camera, man. Tell him, yo, <laughs> <laughs> so like the idea of you know, allow your talent to be used. This is the quote of Ibn Qayyim. He says, the greatest usage of anyone's talent is that talent can be used to bring that person close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or to bring a smile on their face. Right? Mm. That's a talent, right? Uh, a talent used to get you a better job is a very limited um, you know, display of that talent. But a talent mm -hmm. used to get someone else a job Mm. It, it's investing in them emotionally without you having a benefit. You know, when was the last yeah. time we asked that by me in my, by me befriending this person, what benefit will that person get from me? Not what benefit will I get from them? So I feel like you know, just to close this topic from my end, obviously, um, it's not it's 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 related to selflessness. And the prophet was a selfless person, man. Um, Imam, if we can move forward, I want to I want to just did you um, Imam? Did you um, I didn't read the whole book. 
I have, you know, my wife ordered the book. She read the book. You know, it's in my night table um, drawer. And I, I look you at know, it. He has a lot of books on his night table drawer. Every time I, 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 I with the heart and all those zigzags in the front cover, you know, it's like, yeah, it's nice, you know, nice cover. Nice artwork there. You know, I've read some pieces of it. I wanted to ask you, did you did you go over any top part of like where the prophet was able, able to tap into people's emotions by touching them? Oh, man. So okay. I, got I, got, I triggered you. Oh, man. So once you understand, Bismillah, once you understand the point, uh, all the, the ruler, the five things, recognize, understand, label, express, regulate. When it comes to regulating, um, I have a whole section in the book uh, called uh, Physical Touch. Um, a whole section in the book. I and, love and I'm going to do something because I love Miftah, yo. I love Miftah. I'm going to share something with you guys. You guys ready? Bismillah. You guys ready? We're not going to pay for it, though. You know that. We don't have any money. You don't got to pay for nothing, bro. <laughs> okay, you ready? I got you. Watch this. Okay, I got you, inshallah. Can you see the book? Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm sharing you a PDF. This is this is a this is a al majalis bil aman. Yo, physical touch is a whole section in the book. It's highlighted because I'm currently doing a class on on this right now. Um, there are so many examples of how the Prophet used physical touch to influence people. One of the things which is interesting is this quote right here. Can you guys see my, can you see this clearly guys? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, Dr. Keltner, she says that touch is the first language we learn. And if mm -hmm. you look at it, a child, the biggest sensory organ, the biggest sensory organ that we have is our skin. It's our biggest sensory organ. It's how we understand so much. Um, and that's what I write here. It's our big, it's our largest sensory organ. And so it's the first language that we learn. And so what's interesting, um, what's interesting, I'm going to stop sharing just for a moment. What's interesting is that um, when it comes to touch, through touch, you have the ability to not only read emotion very deeply, but also regulate emotion as well. Um, and it's very profound. There are so many examples. One example I'll start with is the story of the camel that I just told you. The Prophet immediately went and he touched it. Many of us, there are loved ones that we don't, we, we're not, we don't touch them. We don't hug them. You know what I'm saying? Like, subhanAllah, it's it's really a distant relationship. And the Prophet just to be really clear, the Azwaj Mutahara, they said the Prophet would walk in the house. He would right away, he would come and hug us. He would touch us. He would be close to us. Why? Because through touch, you can read, you can understand. Someone is tense. You can read that. Someone is relaxed. Some, all of that. And, and another last one, I'm just going to share one more time, which is a beautiful example here. I'm just going to share this with you guys right here. Um, oh yeah, you don't have to read that part. Uh, yes. So the Prophet said to Safahu, shake hands regularly because it will take away al-ghal. It'll take away um, hatred, right? Why? What is that touch of two hands? How does that take away 
the quality of hatred. Well, the Prophet Sallallahu and I explain it here through a more scientific perspective, but the point is that the Prophet Sallallahu is telling us that physical touch is a way that you can be aware. SubhanAllah, when we used to play sports, I'm sure you guys, my bad, when we used to play sports, I'm sure you guys remember whenever two team members would get in a fight, the last thing that the coach would do is make them shake hands. Yeah. Hug it out, hug it out. Hug it out. Yeah. And it was so hard to do. It's like, man, no, man, no, you know? And finally, when you do it, you're back to normal. The point I'm trying to make is there are so many examples. So many, so many yeah, examples. I mean, when teams lose in the playoffs, they, they have that the lineup to shake hands. That's a hard time. Yes. You know, yes. What, the, you know what the Bulls did, what the, the, the Detroit Pistons did to the Bulls and walked off the court. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's like the that's like the thing of disrespect, right? Talking so, about still. so yo, check out, listen, here's my advice, Sheikh. The second section of the book is on EQ. The third section is on moral intelligence because here's the deal. Here's the deal. So check this. The goal of moral emotional intelligence, the purpose of it is just a tool. Like a salesman has amazing emotional intelligence, but he uses it to sell cars, oh, right? Yeah. Like the it's a tool. When we look at it from the prophetic intelligence model, oh, it's wow. a tool for bringing the message of revelation into the hearts of people. Which is prime, which is prime. Yes. And so my main, like my main encouragement is that if you, if you have the book, the first section is about the aqal. It's all about the intellect. Let me just share with you guys, you know, your, 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 your uh, viewers are here. I want to share one more thing with you guys. Um, I'm going to share with you the table of contents just so you can kind of get a look at what's going on, what we're talking about here. Um, right here. So the first section is just about the aqal, which is the intellect. What is the intellect? Because the claim that I'm making in this book is that the Prophet Sallallahu was the most intelligent of all humanity. That's it. That's the claim. But then what is intelligence? Then in the second section, we talk about emotional intelligence um, and all of the levels of emotional intelligence. That's where we talk about body language, physical touch, listening, learning how to listen better. That's one of the key parts of it. Uh, correcting misconceptions of fatherhood in many of our cultures in the community for a father to cry, feel, be emotional is wrong. Uh, where did you get that from? The Prophet showed emotion in a society that didn't like for men to show emotion, literally. Um, and then the third section is about moral intelligence, where we talk about subjective morality and things like that. It's a really, really beautiful. This is like one of my favorite sections. But when it comes to practicality, um, emotional intelligence section is beyond the far most practical or pragmatic uh, section. Oh that a person can uh, read inshallah ta'ala. So check it out. Again, uh, it's, it's it, so uh, my recommendation is on your nightstand. Yo, please, just second section, check it out. Who wrote book? Did your wife write this book or did you write the book yourself? <laughs> so check it. That's a good question right there. That's a good question. Reckless questions, so just be heads up. So my... My wife's pin name is Mikhail Ahmed Smith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, seriously, man, I, I, I've had a passion for this topic just because our families are so disconnected and yeah. du'at, man, are so emotionally ignorant. Like, mm. you can't just drop the huck. Listen, here, yo, I'll give the best analogy. Look, the Prophet Sallallahu role was a messenger. Have you ever got certified mail? 
certified where you had to sign for it. Why do they have certified mail? What's the main concept? Why? Why not just put it in your mailbox? To connect with it. Like the mailman. Like why do you have certified mail? So there's mail you just get in your mailbox, right? Like your regular mail. Yeah. And then there's mail that's certified. The dude will come to your door and be like, hey, can you sign for this? Yeah, it's more, it's more important. It's, 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 it has a concept of importance to it. Okay, and to make sure you got it. You got it, yeah. Right, so whenever mail is certified, you can't say I didn't get it because you signed for signed it. it. In Islam, we have a concept of taklif. Taklif. Taklif means that you are legally responsible for the message. You are responsible before Allah. The messengers of God, they had a responsibility to pass on the message to humanity. But here's the deal. Human beings, there are things that stop us from being receptive. And there are times when we're more receptive. Right? You get what I mean? There are times when we're super receptive and there are times when we're not receptive at all. At nighttime, I'm not receptive. So There you go. You ever heard of hangry? You ever heard of hangry? <laughs> Yeah, have a Kit Kat, right? What is it? Is it, is it Snickers? Is it Snickers? Yeah, yeah, hangry. Like my wife was like hangry. I was like, what's hangry? She was like, when you're angry because you're hungry, right? And what did you say about Aisana too in prison? You watching those Snickers commercials? <laughs> yo, it's old, man. That's old school, oh, bro. Man. <laughs> so yo, hear me out on this. Hear me out. This is super important. So all of the prophets, if they did not have emotional intelligence, they would not have had the means by which to make sure the message to, to make sure the message got to the people. So there are so many times when the Prophet them would wait and he'd wait until the moment was right. I'll give you one last example, yo. Rukana. Y'all know Rukana, right? Oh, yeah. This the, the, is by far one of the most profound examples of emotional intelligence in the life of the Prophet. I think you try to do that Rukana stuff, uh, you try to pull that on a Rukana. So if I beat you, you become Muslim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Through wrestling. So yeah. check this. So the audience may not know Rukana. Rukana was a a person at the time of the prophecy. Was it Mecca or Medina? I think it was Mecca. Mecca. It was Mecca in time. Mecca in time. Mecca in time. Rukana was a wrestler. You know, he was Khabib. He was the most amazing MMA fighter in Saudi Arabia. Arabia, Right? And the Prophet he sees the Prophet one day walking. And so he's trying to avoid him because, you know, he doesn't want to talk to him. And this guy might talk to me about this new religion. And I don't want to talk to him. So the Prophet goes out of his way to get, you know, to meet him. And he's like, yo, Muhammad, I don't want to talk to you. He's like, no, I don't want to talk to you either. I want to wrestle you. I want to wrestle you. Now, he's like, you want to wrestle me? All right, let's go. Now, this is crazy because the Prophet never wrestled anyone else like this. For this reason, and so in, the, in the history of the prophet's growth, it's not like he ever went to like Halima's wrestling school. Yeah, definitely. So first of all, he's a good wrestler. Second of all, look what he says. He goes, "If I win, you become Muslim." He's like, "All right, sure, let's do it." Because everyone who's a black belt knows a white belt is not going to beat you, so it doesn't happen. It just it's not possible. Long story short, prophet said him slams him three times in a row. Now, he becomes Muslim right away. But here's the question I have. How is getting slammed and theological a theological argument? Like, how does getting beat in wrestling prove Islam is true? It's the language of that person. SubhanAllah. Amazing. It's the language that that person speaks. The problem when we give dawah to our own selves and children and... You're not speaking their language. 
yeah. And when you go online and look at these idiotic posts from different people, they act like people are computers. People are human beings. We are emotional beings. Mm -hmm. You can't just say the truth and expect people to act on it. There's an emotional side to human beings. And it's not a bad side. It's just a side that needs to be understood and connected with more. And the same research goes on um, on plants. If you talk, if you speak kindly to a flower, mm -hmm. or a plant, you'll see a blossom. I mean, this is a plant or tree. Imagine you know, um, being and you Imamika, you you tantalized me and you brought me. You made me think about something that I read in the Mathnawi years back. Do it, Imamika. Tantalizing is Sheikh Abdullah's word. That's that. <laughs> The word that went viral in, in the month of Ramadan. I was kind of worried uh, that I tantalized him, but it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool, so, yo. You put, you put that Dallas burger stuff in my mouth right there. <laughs> Tantalizing. Yo, yeah. let me see if that's on my emotion list here. Tantalized. Okay, if it's not, then it's not a good one. You gotta put it on there. You have, you okay. have to put, another one you have to add, which is Mufti Abdurrahman's Wahwa, Wahwa. Okay, I know that one. I know if that clients, one. If your clients start to say wahua wahua, they're in a happy marriage. <laughs> okay, I don't see tantalized here. Uh, you know. How about motivated? I motivated. I inspired you. Call us. I was very. I, the, 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 what you just said inspired me to re the there story of the Mathnawi. You know, and the Mathnawi, there is a there is a story of Musa salam where he talks about uh, Rumi talks about where um, Musa salam as a shepherd. He's running around, you know, like he's just working for Shoei Bari Salam. And one of the animals from the from the herd runs away, mm. takes off. And Musa Salam, you know when your son is supposed to be get in, the, get in the car and he runs out of the car and he's running on the street wild? It gets him angry, like, I'm supposed, to get, I'm supposed to get somewhere and you're running away and I got to run after you in the middle of the public? It's just like, it's hard to grab. Mm. So Musa running off of this goat that's, you know, just gone wild. He's chasing this, goat, chasing this goat, chasing this goat. And then as he chases the goat, the goat trips, fractures her ankle or her foot, you know, and she falls. Mm. Boom. Now, everyone that knows Moses, Moses, all he's going to do is take out that butter knife. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the, you know, just, and that's your, that's your dinner right there. That's dinner. Musa said, I'm angry, furious, notices the animal collapse on the side. He does not does not get angry. He calms down and he picks that animal up. He provides aid to the foot. He pets that animal, hugs the animal, you know, gives it love, emotional love. Mm. Rumi says, now what is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Musa, you're ready for prophethood. Allahu Akbar. Now you're ready because you've connected emotionally. You know, this that, that be, this is why all prophets were our shepherds. They're just able to humble themselves but they can emotionally attach themselves to animals. If yeah. you can deal with the mischief of an animal, emotionally, you could also deal with the complex situation of humanity. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. I read in the Mathra, I was I was shaken to that. I was like, wow. He came He came down. Like, I, I, when I was reading the story, I was like, this animal is dinner. This animal. Yeah, yeah. And then when he grabbed it, and I read it when I was like 13, 14 years old, I was... Nah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful was, example. And everything you're seeing is about that, like, check the pulse of the, you know, how you're speaking to the child, why he's complaining, your spouse, and all that. And thank you so much. You want to uh, go ahead, Mufti? I think, I think, like, so, I mean, obviously, the, the, the discussion went on 
um, in a beautiful manner that we covered good, uh, a good portion of this topic. We were supposed to also ask Imam Mikael, we don't have that much time left, but right, 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 five minutes left maybe? Yeah, right. yeah let's, let's just, I think it was too much emotional intelligence. Let's take we, a little bit more. We, we, got, we got a little emotional, which is good, right? Especially <laughs> right before. Uh, we got intelligent too, inshallah. But uh, Imam, like, you know, just within, we'll talk about this quickly back and forth. Where did you, you, you in, the, in the beginning, you mentioned you, you converted, right? You, you reverted. Where, where did this process, you know, how did this happen? Where did you start from and what inspired so, and then we'll just knock it off and call okay, it okay with the, i'll give you a five minute conversion story real quick so man that's allah's blessings just allah's blessing allah bless allah allah's blessings man that's all i can say uh so basically you know at the age of 18 um i'd finished high school um and i was still kind of like you know trying to figure out what life was about you know because what year was this what year was this Oh, this was 2000. It was right before September 11th. So uh, I graduated in the, I graduated the year September 11th happened. So was that 2001? Yeah. Yeah. So oh. you got my age right there. You can figure out my age. Right? <laughs> All right. So, um, so yeah, yeah. Let me explain. So basically uh, someone had told me about the Quran before that, when I was a kid, I was very religious Christian. Meaning, like, we didn't go to church all the time, but I myself was, like, God conscious, if you could say that, right? Um, but then I became really disenfranchised with Christianity just because there's so many, like, issues. You know, there were so many. Uh, it's a long story with Christianity. When someone introduced the Islam to me, the Quran, I became really fascinated. I started to read it. Um, now this person was particularly like teaching like nation of Islam stuff. Um, you guys in Detroit, y'all know what's yeah, up. We're, we're, in the, we're, we're from the heart of it. Yeah. You're in the heart. Exactly. Literally. Um, and so I kind of, at that moment realized like salvation shouldn't be something that's limited to a certain, um, you know, uh, type of people that doesn't make sense. Um, and so I, I read Malcolm X's autobiography, um, and before I finished it, I kind of like knew, all right, I, this is the way to go. Wow. Um, then September 11th happened, literally during this process. And that actually made me very interested in learning more. Like, like I was like, whoa, this is, you know, because, yeah, I just want to know more. Um, and so that was September by January. So September October, November, December. I remember that December, I didn't celebrate Christmas. So I know by that time I was like thinking I'm a Muslim, but mm -hmm. I had yet to like walk into a masjid. And I think the lesson for that, that everyone can take. What city was this? What city? Buffalo, Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York. Um, and so I think the lesson you can take from that is like, I had never walked into a masjid, but I was, I was sure Islam was true. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of people out there that may not look Muslim to you, but Yom Al-Qiyamah, man, like, you know, because it was in the heart at that time. And there's so many people, they believe they just, they. I didn't know I had to walk into a masjid and say this statement formally or something like that. But I read the book. I was like, I believe this is true from God, you know, and God is one. Da, 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 da. Anyways, so long story short, I become Muslim. Um, I go in January, I go to the masjid, finally become Muslim. And by July... By the grace of Allah, I was in Darulum studying, um, and and in the beginning of studying in Darulum, it wasn't to become a hafiz or scholar. 
my only intention was just to get good deeds. I was like, yo, I'm here to get good deeds. Let me read some Quran. What about your parents? What would your parents react? So honestly, like my, my parents were, were like typical parents, but it was post September 11th. So, you know, it was six months after September 11th. And so there was a big fear of terrorism. There's a big fear of being radicalized and stuff like that. Um, and so that was a big fear. Other than that, they were very supportive for the most part. Um, very supportive. I had one uncle who kind of ostracized me. Um, like, you're part of a cult. I don't want to talk to you again, stuff like that. But my parents, for the most part, were supportive. Um, but when I started to go to the madrasa, the darulum, then it was kind of like, all right, you're wasting your life now. Why are you in this like boarding school with all these other kids? What are you doing with yourself? You know, you went to a, literally in the Quran, like, oh, Salih, we had so many hopes for you. You, know, you were going to become so amazing. And, and I just kept pursuing it. I, and I ended up st studying there for the next, what, 12 years? 12 unbelievable, years. unbelievable. Um, and it was just Allah's grace. It was Allah's grace. There was, there was one brother, uh, him and his mother, they paid my tuition. Um, almost the entire time. What a lucky family. Till what today, I say to that family, like, I can't ever catch up to you in good deeds. Amazing. Because, uh, if they're know. watching, they're banking. If yeah, they're banking. They everything. I was like, I can never catch up to you, oh. you know? Oh. So always, always support students of knowledge. Alhamdulillah. You never know which student of knowledge Allah is going to use to do any work. And whatever work they do is... Is is good for your sadaqah jariyah, inshallah. So you 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 went to Darulun Buffalo, which is yeah. a seminary based out of Buffalo, New York, which yeah. was one of the first seminaries established in North America. One of the first Cornwall, yeah. the first uh, Sheikh Madhar Alam there. Um, this is a a very strong uh, program, and I don't know if I ever told you I was in Buffalo Seminary at Darulun in 1995. Oh wow, 96. <laughs> I had the privilege to be there and uh, some good, good people, you know. Now, how old were you when you went, Bajan? Don't ask these questions. You know, I'm not giving you my age. I'm not, you know, I'm you not giving you my age. Mikhail, Mikhail fell for it. So yeah, I know. Everyone knows <laughs> my age now. You know, and uh, uh, um, Sheikh Abu Bakr Mullah is on also. So, you know, he was there. His brother Abdul Manan was there. And this was back in the 1995-96. I was young. I was, I was in the single digits. That's for sure. Right. I was in the school of digits, and uh, and uh, I think I was, you know, I was the youngest student in the school to Mufti Abdurrahman joined the school. So we were the two youngest from Detroit, and um, <laughs> Buffalo was it was home, you know. And yeah, the teachers, um, you know, Sheikh um, Hazrat Dr. Ismail Saab, great people who who sacrificed their lives, mm -hmm. you know, their family, their 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 children, their grandchildren. Who you know did not just do one, two, three, but this was they had a vision. A yeah. vision that they want to not just you know uh, share the knowledge of Islam, but also have the ummah you know grab onto the knowledge of Islam. Yeah, yeah, so, so amazing. When I when I heard Sheikh Hassan was moving to Michigan to Canton, I was so excited. It was like a piece of me coming Allah to Akbar. a piece of me in '95. You know, coming to Michigan. People don't know this. These schools like Buffalo. And across America, that were established back in the days, where no one was even thinking about this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Who would go to a boarding school, become a scholar, 
And now we are looking at um, Sheikh Mikhail Smith, who's an instructor at Qalam, influencing millions and thousands of people, you know, speaks uh, 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 conferences and conventions all across America. Um, and and these are the uh, sacrifices of people who, who came to this country solely for one purpose. Yeah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed the, the family, particularly. I mean, I mean, I mean, Ali radiallahu anhu, he says that, you know, I am a slave to the one who teaches me um, one letter. Um, and definitely the family you mentioned, um, and the teachers, my teachers, I mean, they've, uh, I would have no knowledge if it wasn't for the sacrifices that they made. I still feel like I know nothing, but whatever I do know is yeah. because of their sacrifices. You know, you know, I don't know. Did you live in the building that was next to the Masjid Dar al-Khalil? Um, no, so no, no. That back in our days, it wasn't. Yeah, like that. So if you left, if you lived in the building that was like across the parking lot, you had to run in the winter across the parking lot for Fajr Salah, right? Ooh, that was one of the most difficult things for me when I was in the single digit. That was like that was it. Like I have to wake up in the cold, do wudu, and and from Jamia go all the way to the masjid. You know, masjid yeah. going in the cold ice of Buffalo. It's it's brutal. Yeah, yeah it's brutal. It's brutal. Uh, that's why I'm in Dallas now, bro. <laughs> yeah, you're in Dallas for a few reasons: the food, the weather, and of course, Dallas. yo, we call it. It's like Andalus. We call it Dalalus. Dalalus. <laughs> and they got, got food like Dalalus there too. Alhamdulillah, yo. Alhamdulillah. You know, and, you know, so Alhamdulillah, you know, it was. I just feel like people need to be like that visionary. You know. Yeah. The other thing, Sheikh, is important. It's important for. Are uh, you know people listening to understand when you have children that have an inclination to wanting to learn Dean, um, it's important to push them in that direction. And as I said when we started today's program, that we have um, institutions and schools like Qalam Institute, like Mifta, um, that were not, were not uh, available uh, back in the day that are now you know so accessible for us. Um, and so what that means is. You have to take advantage of that. You have to take advantage of uh, the scholars at Miftah, the scholars at Qalam, and other places around the world, around the country that have brought Islam uh, and teaching on large scale and accessible knowledge, relatable, accessible knowledge. That's what Qalam's about, and I know that's what Miftah is about as well. Um, People don't realize, like I, I, I know I can, I can say this for Miftah that. You know, a lot of us institutions we're working for the same for the same goal. We're working at the same yeah, of course. The same thing is happening at the same time. There may be a different uh, name or a brand in front, but what's be happening behind the scenes is the same effort. It's mm-hmm, the same exactly. If you if you take the cover off, it's the same thing behind the scenes. Alhamdulillah. So Allah bless all of you, Aqalam as well, and and, and mm-hmm. all across North America. Even those that are not known. Many people think that if you're known, that means you're doing good work. No, there's a lot of people like our teachers. A lot of our teachers who passed away in the last two months, it's a very difficult time for a lot of scholars or a lot of students of knowledge that Mufi Sayyid Fahim Puri Rahimullah and a lot of scholars passed away. People didn't know them, but they were, you know, they were giants of, of, of knowledge. So may Allah bless them as well. But Jen, mm-hmm. you want to call it a night, inshallah? Yeah, we'll a night. I think we're past the 11th hour here. 10 o'clock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right before we leave though, I'm going to share. Before you go, what, 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 so how many kids do you have? Just a little bit more about your personal. How many kids do you have? Three kids. What are the names? Maria, Karima, and Qasim. Maria, Karima, and Qasim. Qasim, mashallah, beautiful names. Alhamdulillah. I know they're, if they got even a fraction of your looks, they're probably beautiful. Allah, Allah, Allah. Allah. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm ask, you know I'm ask him what you asked about Ubaidullah Evans, like who named them? 
<laughs> yeah, I, would, I, I usually do. Like, who names the children in your house when you have the children? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of like, a, you know, we, we work together there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like, you know. In my house, it always comes down to the fact that if, if you have a friend with that name, then they're like, nah, not that. No, 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 not that name. <laughs> it's strange. In my house, people call me all from America, across America, the different parts of the world. I have a daughter coming in a few months, give me some name or a recommendation and stuff. But when I had my children, I had no choice. It was just like, <laughs> my, wife, my wife, her name is Fatima. She was like, it's going to be Hassan. Allah you know? Akbar. Okay, fine. You know? Then I was like, come on, let me just name the second one. Just, please. I begged her for like a few months. She said, okay, I better like it. And I said, Zakaria. She's like, I like that name. It wasn't like because I said it. She had to approve it. And then and then we, we finally had a daughter in our house after 30 years. My parents never had a daughter. My brothers Allah never had a daughter in our family, Khandan. And I told my wife, listen, I really want to name my daughter. I'm really excited. My mom, my wife was like, nope, I'm naming my daughter after my mother. I was like, oh, God, like, not even, I was like, you know, I love in-laws, but I don't love them that much where I'm going to name my daughter. Before we leave, I, I never told you this story. Uh, we only met twice, and we've spoken on the phone a few times. I never told you the story. I told Sheikh Abdullah the story. Imam, a few months back, I was in a mess. I was in a voice note, you, six weeks back. It's my first time telling anyone this. I saw you in a dream. Allah I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking about you. I, I hadn't watched a video on you. Nothing. I'm worried now. Um, it was a beautiful dream, Imam, that we were walking into Medina. That Allah. Was, you know what? And um, I, I was walking in with our group. And uh, as I walked in, uh, I saw you sitting there, you know, near the Green Dome, you know, and you were sitting with a few youngsters and you were talking to them and you guys were talking about Prophet Sallallahu <laughs> We came, we met. It was, it was. Subhanallah, it was so beautiful, and this was right before our Umrah trip. That Miftah was supposed to take in March. I think Qalam was taking one too. And when I saw that, I said, I'm going to text Imam Mikhail. But it just slipped my mind. When I meet him, I'm going to tell him that I saw you in my dream. And we'll no, Allah, Allah, Allah. Yo, yo, you're going to bring you're me to tears man. here, man. It was so beautiful, man. I and it was, it's just, you know, the idea of like, you know, brotherhood isn't about how close you are together. In vicinity in location it's about having true love for each other and you know Allah, we love all of you for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we hope that inshallah we see each other not only in each other's dreams but we see each other together in Madinat Munawwara and on the day of judgment next to the Prophet inshallah Amen. if you see and if you see Mufti Hussein Kamani tell him I'm sure if he fought Rukana he would definitely beat up Rukana <laughs> I'll tell him that I'll tell him <laughs> uh, thank, you, thank you so much for having me inshallah May Allah bless you okay love you man take care I love you for the sake of Allah everyone else we have this we have a we have a workshop coming up tomorrow with Mufti Asim um, Sahib who is uh, a, a part of our faculty at Miftah, he's teaching a course on Islamic finance. So please try to join that tomorrow at 5 p.m. We look forward to seeing you. Abdullah Bajan, you want to make dua? Jazallahu anna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa Allah maghfir lana wa rahamna anta khir rahameen. Oh Allah, accept our gathering, our, our, our discussion, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, bless our teachers who helped us learn and, and study Islam. Oh Allah, make us amongst those who live Islam, practice Islam. And, and, and transfer this beautiful religion to the hearts of many. Allah, make us people who are intelligent, emotional, intelligently, cognitive of what's going on around us. Make us people who influence our lives, others. Ya Rabbil Alameen, Allah, resurrect us in the company of the Prophet Sallallahu in Jannah. Allah, bless Qalam Institute and the efforts that they're doing. Bless Sheikh Mikail, his wife, his children, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allah, save him and his family from all the evil of this dunya and akhirah and protect them from all the worries of this dunya and akhirah. Oh Allah, make them successful in this dunya and akhirah. Oh Allah, the efforts that he's doing in his institution with Qalam and the fact 
faculty at Qalam, Wallah, every student, every teacher that's there, Wallah, you multiply the, in the, multiply them in khair in this dunya and akhirah, take care of all their needs of this world, take care of all their needs, their spiritual needs, their financial needs, O Ya Rabbil Alameen, and raise the children of these students and these teachers at Qalam with iman and taqwa. O Allah, make, it, make the school, the institution, a beacon of light, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, we ask you to bless Sheikh Abdul Nasser with barakah in his life with afiyah, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Bless, here, bless us here at Niftah. Bless Mufti Abdul Wahab for all his efforts, all his sacrifice, all his time, all his dedication, and all the work that we were doing here in Miftah. Allah, accept all of the work that we're doing, Ya Allah. Please forgive us for our shortcomings. Allah, make us sincere with afiyah, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allah, save us from this COVID-19. Those who are sick, give them shifa. Allah, save us from the after effect and the of COVID-19, the economical effects, the social effects this disease, this pandemic is having around the world. Oh Allah, please remove this disease's effect, this pandemic away from us. Oh Allah, move this disease, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Remove it, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Oh Allah, we're, we, we cannot bear this hardship, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Oh Allah, help us reopen the masjid fully and our gatherings be filled with malaika and people who are benefiting, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Oh Allah, take us to Mecca and Medina over and over to visit the grave of your Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the city of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and your house of Jazakumullah khair everyone. Inshallah you have a great night. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.